All right. We are live, baby. All right, Jared. So you've been in it, in the fitness industry. I don't want to age you right now, but since the 90s, right? Which is funny because my wife was born in the 90s. Um, but uh, <laughs> what, we, what we would call an OG, I mean, you've worked and managed, built clubs, consulted for companies all over the world, uh, you know, ran coaching programs, masterminds, which is where I met you initially. And also co-founded DECA, which is pretty cool, um, you know, part of the Spartan Brands. And I mean, honestly, you've literally had your hands involved in and helping, I would say at this stage, it's got to be thousands of trainers. And if we multiply that tens of thousands or more, hundreds of thousands uh, of users and clients, what do you think people are missing in their lives, right? I mean, we've got this massively growing fitness industry, but a lot of people still struggling. You know, I, I think there's a few things that, that people are missing, but I, I think the big one, I would say surrounding themselves with the right people. You know, I, I think um, you and I, we come from that environment, the, the gym business, the fitness industry, and we hang around a lot of like-minded people that have inspired us to be the best version of ourselves, right? And so... You know, I like to, you know, I, I don't want to waste my energy with energy wasters. You know, I want to, I want to surround myself with somebody like Joe Drake, somebody that's authentic, uh, somebody that's passionate, somebody that's fit. Like, like my friends being fit is important to me, you know, um, people that are inspirational, um, you know, just people that are even competitive, you know, with themselves, it doesn't have to be with others, but they're still wanting to say yes uh, for as long as possible to do the to do the things that will maximize their life. Right. And that's what we get in the fitness industry every single day. We get to surround ourselves with those people. But I think people outside of the fitness industry, that's the type of person missing in their life. Right. And it's not to say that people that are in their lives are bad people by any means. But if you want to get inspired and you want to be the best version of yourself, you know, one place to find that is in the gym or in a studio doing the things that you love to do that make you feel your best. So I think it's but it but it takes other people to get us there. I think there's a lot of people that try to exercise and train on their own, but it, it, it just has some limits, you know, because you're only measuring yourself against yourself. Whereas if Joe Drake and I are, are getting a workout in together, you know, Joe's going to push me a little bit further. He's going to nudge me a little bit further, maybe not even by his words, but by his actions. So I think I think that's the common thread that that is missed by most people, because if we say 80 percent of the, the U.S. population, for example, is not joining a gym or, or training um, that's probably one of the reasons why. And I think that's like an uncomfortable thought for a lot of people, because I mean, the idea we've all heard, you know, you're going to become most like the five people that you spend time around. And there's so much research out there showing too, right? If you're, you know, if you have friends that are obese, like the percentage likelihood that you are also going to be obese, but it's tough. The idea of like cutting people out of your life, right. You know, yeah. um, and maybe there's a more positive spin, which is what you're saying, which is maybe, you know, again, doesn't need, sometimes it does mean you have to cut people out of your life, but it's putting yourself around other people that are more like the person you want to become, which truthfully is 
how I met you, you know, honestly, uh, I knew, I knew where I was trying to go in the fitness industry, right. Not just working out, but trying to grow our gym at the time and everything else. And, you know, that led me to want to be a part of the, the TD mastermind where, you know, I got the opportunity to obviously work with you, but that was the main thing. I was like, I don't know, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what I'm going to learn, but I see these other people who they're doing things I want to do. And so I'm just going to pay money to be around them and see what happens. Yeah. I mean, you talk about surrounding yourself with, with amazing people that the, the TD mastermind is one huge example of that. I mean, there's no, there's no better mentor and, and leader out in that industry uh, than Todd Durkin himself and, and the people that have surrounded him, you know? Um, and, you know, you watch Todd and how he's evolved. It's, it's not just about the fitness anymore. It's not just about, um, you know, athletics and sports, but it's even, it's even like your spirituality. And I think, I think um, too, when, even if you, you know, before you cut somebody out of your life, maybe you have a chance to coach them to be a better version of themselves, right? Yes. So maybe you surround yourself with one or two other people that are going to enhance your life. That's going to inspire that person uh, that's next to you or has always been with you to be a better version of themselves. And, and it's, you know, it's a domino effect. It just, it's just, it, it's so important to have relationships like that um, and be surrounded by that because you know you're not on, on an island alone, uh, so to speak. You're, like, you're in it with other people, which I think helps you stay more accountable to what you want to accomplish individually. I love that. And I feel like if there's something that I've noticed and picked up from you, just kind of observing over time as well as getting to spend time with you, there's definitely in athletes mentality. I mean, I know work like an ath athlete, enterprise athlete, like there's a lot of pieces to the brand that you've built over time, but you've also, I mean, I would say, I'm going to just guess, you know, even the evolution of what became DECA in this like competition, uh, what is it about that, that people need in their life? Like either this athlete's mentality or competition, you know, cause it seems to be something that is a part of you, right? I mean, that's what I'm going to take from it, but you know, like what is it that people can benefit from integrating that stuff into their life, especially in this conversation we're talking about, about people trying to get better, whether it's, you know, financially better, physically better, um, health, you know, whatever it might be. Why do people need that? Well, you know, I, I wrote work like an athlete. And of course I presented it at numerous times uh, for keynotes and so forth to companies like Nike and, and some other hospitality companies that were out there. But really what it was is a compilation of, of lessons learned. It wasn't all these things I did great, but it was the things that motivated me, inspired to be the best version of myself. So work like an athlete was about, um, you know, approaching life and what you do professionally like an athlete does his or her sport so that you can stay at the top of your game in this in this game called life right or at least stay relevant and you know i you know you, you mentioned earlier you know how long i've been doing this uh since the 90s i'm i'm probably 52 now 52 years of age. And I used to be that I used to be the youngest guy at the, at the fitness certifications and so forth. Like just this, this really green dude that was so enthusiastic. And I, I still feel like I can, can compete, you know, I want to stay relevant, but I also know to stay relevant. I have to continually learn, you know, 
and I got to continually get better. And, um, and I think that's, that's part of that mentality, you know, um, working like an athlete, you know, I, I want to be, you know, right now I'm, I'm with a, a great company, uh, lifetime, uh, as, a, as, a, what we call a lead general. I want to be the lead, best lead general in the company. I don't want to just be a lead general. I want to be the best. And in order to be the best, it takes practice. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes blood. It takes, you know, a lot of tears. Um, but I, I do think we have to have this competitive spark within us to compete with ourselves, to be the best version of ourselves. And it doesn't hurt to have others around you that make you better as well. I love that. I think that's, that's something that, I mean, I know for me, anyone who's listening, I'm sure can relate to. It's like you you start to lose this athlete's mentality, this piece of your life that you have that's so it's so much of your identity at a younger age, especially if you played sports. Gosh, I mean, that's like all I could think about was, you know, playing football, basketball, and baseball. And then all of a sudden you become an adult and it's like, oh, you're just gonna work, you know? And you're like, Well, what the where did everything else go? Like this drive that I have. And I feel like the people, and I define success in, in a variety of ways, but the people that I aspire to be more like, there's just always an element of something, whether it's it's not necessarily like athlete driven, but it's just this desire to constantly better themselves. And I think a big part of that is is the environments they put themselves in, the people they put themselves around. Um, and I'm going to be honest, I, not to go on a sidebar, but I think that's actually one of the things that concerns me for people long-term who try to only take, especially as we're talking about just exercisers, right? And obviously online fitness has grown in a great way in many ways, right? I mean, we're reaching more people. There's a lot of great things there, but I, I think this online community that can be built, it's still not maybe the same as the people you're spending time with, right? Like the, the relationships you build when you're in the gym working mm -hmm. with people. So I just say that, I mean, you know, not to say that you can't get in amazing shape and change your life because hundreds of thousands of people are doing it. But I do believe that there's like a mentality component that comes different from being in a physical environment with other people. Like in, I can only imagine, you know, you're in there training on the floor and in, in, in Oregon, you know, in your guys's new lifetime and other people are out there and there's just like an electric feel. Um, it's hard to create that in the online world. It, it is, but what I, I think about online training, my own personal perspective on online training, it can be the platform that introduces them to the in-person training, you know, whatever yeah. it takes, you know, because I know there's a lot of people that are just intimidated by the gym itself. We've heard that for years, right? But it's a true statement. I've even heard, hey, when I get in shape, I'm going to join your gym. Right? Very common. Very, yeah. very common. So if I, I don't care what it is, I don't care what the activity is. I don't care what the platform is. If it is something, because we know the benefits of it, right? Especially in today's world where there's so much struggle mentally and emotionally, the physicality of it is what sets us up for success with, with you know, movement is medicine. And if you, if you choose to do that online or in person, that's, that's good enough, right? If you want to take it to the next level, I think you do have to go in person. Right. Um, and, and again, it's, it's because if you surround yourself, like, like the guy I train with on a weekly basis, uh, my, my buddy B rad. Okay. Um, B rad has been kicking my ass for eight years straight. Right. I've never beat him in a workout, never beat him in a fitness competition, 
but I need him in my life to be a little bit better for myself, you know, because without B-Rad, I'm just not going to try as hard. Right. And that's I think I think that's hard to do in the online environment. But gosh, it's a great start. It's a Love great that. start. It's a foundation. And and then, hey, maybe there's a hybrid component to this. We do this with our members. We have digital programming yep. for when you're not even with the trainer here. Right. So we've got a whole prescription for you and you don't have to necessarily train with me. You could be doing this outdoors. You can be doing it at home, whatever it takes. But we want you to keep moving um, X number of days per week. I love that. That's great. I mean, and I think that's the right mentality, too. Like you said, you know, the future uh, is is happening at light speed. Right. So I think the trainers who who lean totally away from the idea that like, you know, like, no, it's only in only in person training. Peloton's worthless, whatever. Uh, usually my question is like, have you ever tried it? Have you ever tried any of them? Cause I bet if you did, you're like, oh. okay, shit, that was a good workout. I mean, um, people are addicted <laughs> to it. I my, my wife's on the Peloton a couple times a week. I get on not because I love cardio, but because I know I want to live a long ass life and it's good for me. And every time I'm like, damn it, that was a great workout, but man, that was tough. Um, yeah. so yeah, I, I totally relate to it. So my question there too, is, uh, do you, do you think, especially with what you guys are doing at lifetime as we're just, you know, we're talking about, uh, online training platforms, coaching, everything that's just, you know, in an amazing way growing, what's the future look like with that? Especially like for, you know, you, we look at it from like the organizational side for a club like lifetime or a large organization like lifetime embracing the online, trying to get people healthier and moving more. What's the future of training look like then with this combination of just all the options people have? I, I just, it's going to continue to thrust forward. I mean, we're, as a company, we're investing uh, quite a bit into technology. Um, we know that um, technology is what's keeping people engaged. I think as, yeah. um, you know, especially with, with DECA now, uh, in my rear view mirror, what I learned along the way is, is the metrics matter. Like people want to be, um, they want to know where they are on that, on that fitness journey and they want it to be objective. Right. And even during a workout, you know, we, I, if, I'll take a cycle class once or twice a week here and I know exactly where I'm at and where I am in comparison to people next to me. And, you know, little does that, that guy next to me know that I'm, I'm competing against him, you know, like, oh, he's got that many Watts up on the board. Okay. Well take okay. this, you know? And, but, um, I, I don't think any of that's going away. I, I think, um, I think the only thing that could, that could really, the, the threat, you know, I think the in-person training is what we already experienced for, you know, year and a half, almost two years of COVID. Right. Yeah. So that's always the threat, but I don't, I don't think, uh, online training is going away anytime soon. I think it's just going to continually be enhanced, um, especially with all the AI technology that's out there now. I mean, it's just, um, and, and I think it's, a, I think it's a great thing because even though we still have so many problems with mental illness, obesity, and all those other problems, there's so many different tools um, that have been introduced. And so it's just a matter of, of convincing people like, Hey, just, just try one. You know, I think what, what the kind of the negative out there is people try to do too much too soon, you know, or they, um, they don't know exactly what, um, you know, what they like to do. 
and why they're doing it. I think that's the other um, thing that gets missed in even when we sit down with prospective clients, right? It's why are you here and digging deep into that why. And I know that sounds cliche, um, especially in, in nowadays, but the why is so important. We want to know what, you know, what is your purpose? What is, why is um, being consistent with, with your training uh, so important to you? Like, what are the things that you want to continue to say yes to? Um, what are the what are the things that continually keep you motivated? Um, and I think whether it's online or in person, we've got to be able to um, extract that, and and we've got to be able to use that with with clients and members, no matter if they're in front of us or not. So you mentioned uh, you mentioned some measurables and metrics. You know, which obviously, again, with all the devices and wearables and everything, you know, is is extremely accessible to a lot of people for especially for trainers or I guess, honestly, for exercisers. Um, what metrics, what either a, what metrics should people be tracking? Right. Like, you know, like maybe some trends you guys are seeing from your level um, or even within that, too, like, let's say trainers who maybe they're at a club or maybe they're independent and, that, you know, they don't have access to a big system. You know, how should they be taking advantage of that to better motivate clients? Because I agree. I think there's like a, there's a gamification piece. There's a just constant measurement of progress, staying engaged in what they're doing. So first question, what variables are you guys really paying attention to? Um, and then, uh, you know, like what could trainers focus on if they want to integrate that into what they're doing? But maybe they aren't right now. You know, there, there's some great products out there that I'm, I'm a big fan of. Um, and, and I don't want to make it about that. Um, but I think the first one, it's, it's just really simple and basic. It's frequency. Um, and so I know that's, um, if, if you don't have the, um, the technology, let's, let's at least measure frequency, right? Like I love seeing the, the post, no matter if it's a small studio or, or a big box gym, um, how many classes that person's attended, right? When they, when they celebrate the milestones, like they've made fitness as part of their lifestyle. And that's inspirational for other people because they're saying, well, if Joe just achieved his hundredth class, you know, at, at his studio, then why can't I, you know, like I admire Joe's discipline and commitment and consistency and, and, you know, just to backtrack a little bit on that word, um, consistency, consistency to your personal commitments creates confidence and confidence is what keeps you bringing back because you don't want to lose it. Right. So I think number one, frequency is, is a big one. The other metrics out there, you know, like some of the, the big companies, uh, again, that I admire calories, um, there's effort, um, there's um, also, you know, working in various training zones. We talk a lot about training zones here with our signature group classes uh, here at Lifetime. And we have uh, those measurements up on a, on a screen as well. Um, so I think there's a lot of different metrics, but it, it also is determined by what's your goal? Like, what do you really want to accomplish? And I think the first one, I just go back to the old, um, you know, the step 
contests, you know, like how many steps in a day, the 10,000 steps and, or how many minutes are you exercising? I think those kind of metrics still matter and it just progressed. They elevate over time and they become more challenging. Um, so that's, that's part of the journey. That's part of the progress. So I think it's just, it's up to the individual. Um, and we just have to really uh, dissect what, what are they really trying to accomplish? But I'm a big believer in frequency and, and duration. I like that one. Well, and I like that you, you lead with frequency because I think the, uh, the science trainer, right. And I, I fall into all these categories, right. Sometimes knowledge is not always helpful. You know, you get into uh, the explosion of a lot of, especially heart rate, uh, zones tracking, you know, orange theory, pull everything that, uh, you know, you, the, the benefit of people being motivated by metrics and working harder. And then there's the flip side. It's like, well, if people are really trying to change body composition, they need to build more muscle. And maybe if they're building muscle, they shouldn't have their heart rate up that much. And I think sometimes like that conversation just misses the picture, which is like, what's motivating people to come in and to like put forth effort. And then, then from there, once we've, once we've achieved that, then we can start to break into the others versus trying to like dissect it too much from the beginning. And then no one gets motivated to come in. You know, you know, um, I'll give you an example of that, Joe. I think that's a great point. So my wife, Adina, was a studio owner for 10 years and, you know, usually had 50 to 60 classes on the schedule each week, taught 15, 16 classes a week herself, um, beat up her body in the process. I mean, it was, it was too frequent, right? Yep. And when she got to be kind of a normal fitness participant, and working, working out here, of course, she loves the classes. She loves our, we call them performers, not just instructors. And, um, but she was like, you know what? I'm, I'm not meeting my goals. You know, I'm, I'm working out, I'm watching what I eat, but I'm not meeting my goals. And so she was one of those people that it, was, it went beyond the frequency, right? Now we had to get a little bit more into the science and so then, you know, connected her with our personal training leader here, uh, Haley. And Haley just, you know, gave her a great prescriptive, um, you know, I guess, menu uh, for her to, you know, maybe lose a few pounds here and there or uh, build her strength up. So now she's strength training more than she ever has. Um, she and but then she's also kind of, you know, I wouldn't say kind of, she's following a plan, a plan that actually makes her feel better. And you know what? In At the end of the day, she's getting results now. So, so I know I said frequency on the front end. I think that's the start. But then yeah, we have yeah. to dig into the science of everything else that comes into play. So it's not like, you know, like I, I think Adina and, and a lot of us, we were guilty of like, oh, we're going to do five hit classes a week. You know, we're going to. We're going to, we're going to reach that goal quicker that way. Right. It's, that's not the case. You know, there's, well, there's, thought, there's a, there's a process involved. And I think it kind of points out too, you know, and I'd love to get your take on this being that I met you as a coach, right? You've been a coach in a lot of different aspects of people's lives from fitness to physical, to business, to, you know, corporate and, and how, you know, people are developing the organization, uh, Talk to me about the value of a coach, because to me, what you're talking about is that, that there's not only like, do you need a plan, but sometimes along the way, you're going to need different plans, different coaches, you know, based upon where you are in the journey. So just talk to me about the value of coaching in general. 
there, there's a couple ways I look at this. I, one, uh, what does it take to be a successful coach? And then as a client, what's a great coach do, right? So I think uh, uh, to be a successful uh, coach, what I've learned, and I'm a little biased about this because I'm not the smartest guy in the world. I do believe that work ethic plus personality beats knowledge, okay? Because it's relatable. Um, we're dealing with, it, and generally speaking, populations that don't care about all the things trainers care about, right? The first thing is let's get them moving, but not only let's get them moving, but let's get a smile on their face. Let's get them to enjoy the process. And that takes personality, that takes connectivity, that takes engagement, right? But the best of the best trainers combine work ethic, that personality, and knowledge. Okay, so so those those I believe are the the first three traits, and then you go through the process of building rapport and all those other things so that they'll buy your services, right? But the great coaches that that I have I, and I preach this year after year is they educate, they motivate, they inspire. And then I always like to put a dot, 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 hold people accountable, you know, and I think um, that last piece, um, the accountability piece is usually the one missing the most. And accountability comes in a lot of different forms. It's not just, hey, Joe, notice you didn't show up for the workout today or, um, you know, or the check in, you know, uh, text or call. But it's also, hey, Joe. Do you realize the progress you've made from 30 days ago to right now? You know, that's accountability and that's a win. So it's it's also celebrating those wins through that accountability, that discipline, that consistency. And again, ultimately, that leads to Joe being more confident as a client. I like that. That's great. Um, and I think, you know, like you mentioned, even even us as coaches and trainers, all of us, we're not really great at recognizing progress. I think that's the the need for someone to be able to highlight, point it out. And and oftentimes it's going to be progress in areas that you didn't necessarily start out with, right? Like maybe your your goal was weight loss progress, which we all know is like all over the place, especially as you start working out. But a lot of other things might be changing, you know, so that's something we even talk about a lot in the academy for coaches is, you know, finding a lot of measurables for people up front because people do need quick wins, right? And so we need to find ways to like show them where they're making progress when their brain is convincing them nothing's happening yet. Right. Uh, you know, like talk them off the ledge. The mirror. 100%. Yeah. Or yeah, looking at the scale. But it's like, hey, think about, gosh, I think about this every season on the mountain, for example, I, I, um, I do a lot of climbing. And it's that it's that first climb of the year that just sucks. Okay. The second one, the third one, the fourth one, it's always easier and more fun. And, and some people ask like, okay, what's your purpose for training, Jared? And I said, I, I actually train because I fear not having fun doing the things I love to do, you know? So yeah, my, my purpose is, is fear-based. <laughs> hey, that, but, that, that, that's powerful though. I think people, you know, I mean, I, hey, I'm, I'm all for positive psychology, but I think there's also something to be said about, you know, you use what you have. And sometimes that might be fear and negative. I'm, I'm 100% with you. Oh, so I'm I, not I, against that. One other example is I I'm on day 24 of cold plunging. Okay. <laughs> I am afraid to go a whole day without three minutes in 46 degree water. 
I'm like, I don't, I don't want to know that guy. I like the guy that's been doing this, staying disciplined and, and knows how he feels getting out of that water. Uh, but that's the same thing with exercise. Love that. <laughs> you, uh, man, you're, you're a brave soul, especially, right? I'm, I'm sure you're getting in, it's cold outside and you're getting in cold water. You're not, you know, you're not down here in sunny South Florida where it's 80 out. Um, it's not even, but after you do it over a certain amount of time, it's not even about that. Yeah. Like, I just get in and, and it's like a rush. I, I, I've been calling it's the, the best legal drug I've ever taken. I love it. I love it. So uh, I wanted to hit on this too, because I think this is, you know, it relates a little bit to what we talked about with maybe the athlete's mentality, but also maybe just more so I'm, I'm interested in what you learned from getting to work with these individuals and what other people can take away from it. So I know it's been probably five or six years since you were on the uh, U.S. Army Boss Strong, you know, getting to be one of the performance coaches with, I know you refer to it and I definitely do, you know, the athlete, the, the country's most important athletes getting to work with men and women who are putting their lives on the line, um, and getting to work with them on this performance and training side. I know it was impactful for you, but for people that are listening for exercisers, trainers, everything in between, what can people take away from those individuals and apply in their own lives to be healthier, fitter, better, um, you know, as, as humans. Well, I, I would say, first of all, to be selected as a performance coach for uh, Alpha Warrior and uh, U.S. Army Boss Strong uh, competition uh, was one of the biggest honors of my life. I, I met it, it was like I, I get I get emotional. I get I get goosebumps just even thinking about uh, those three weeks uh, with those those soldiers uh, that were based from all over the planet. And um, I got a chance to uh, work with um, a bunch of crazy soldiers from uh, Vicenza, Italy, a bunch of airborne soldiers. <laughs> and um, I would say that the, the thing that I learned as a coach, I didn't even know this was going to be my strategy going into this. And we end up, we end up winning the competition. And I was the, I was like, I don't know, one or two rookie coaches and uh, this this team actually selected me as their coach and it was like man it was it was like a brotherhood with these these younger soldiers and uh, the thing that i think worked for me with those soldiers was um i let them be themselves um they're so used to getting ordered around and what i wanted to do was uh learn more about who they were first so that I could find out like what makes them tick, right? And that was like a three to four day process. And I and I found out it was working when we were doing like this team, like TV spot. Like they were going, well, why are we gonna win? And they're like, this guy. And I'm like, what? And that was like, whoa, okay. Cause usually, you know, when you're the leader, you're in command and you're saying, hey guys, we gotta do this and do that. After that, I go, you guys ready to dig in deep? And they said, yeah. And they said, what does that mean? I said, tonight, we're just going to find out about one another. So every night after that, we would just dig deep into one another and I'd find out who they were on the inside out. And it was amazing. Some of the, the stories that they shared about their, their upbringings and where they came from and what the, what the army and the military did for their lives. Like some of them were saved by the, the military, but what, I think 
the, the best lessons learned, I got to experience what it was like to be a soldier. I wasn't in the military, but I got to feel it every single day and wake up and have a regimen and have structure and consistency and discipline and commitment to one another. And it was truly the experience of teamwork. You know, that's that's what it was all about. And um, I don't I don't think people truly understand the sacrifices and what our military um, not only endures, but the benefits that they receive from being in the military. You know, it's it's not an easy life, but man, I, I wished I was in the military uh, after that because I was like, man, that would have that would have just changed my mindset going forward in in regular life, right? And, um, but it was, um, you know, fitness was so important because if they're out on the battlefield, you gotta be fit. And I'm not talking about just physically strong, but mentally and emotionally strong and know that your brother and sister is right, right beside you. Right. And so it combined all of the elements that we even talk about in the gym environment, but just at a whole nother level. And so it was, um, it was definitely the the most rewarding experience and out of that not only uh did i get relationships with those soldiers but you know i i met one of my best friends in life uh yancy colt and um and we eventually started deca together so um lot to, lot to be thankful from that experience and but truly one of the biggest fitness honors of my life and my career well and i can only imagine just the uh you know the overwhelming sense of purpose that so many, uh, service members have. And I know like for, I, I'm very similar. Like I, di I didn't go into the service, came from somewhat of a service family. My brother served in Afghanistan air force, and I know him and so many others came back and, and I'm sure many who get out of the military, you have such purpose when you're there, right? Like un unquestionable. And then you get back into, let's call it normal life, civvy life. They, you know, call it. And it's like, you know, nothing seems to be the same, but to me, my takeaway from that always was, and I feel like in a very different way I have found inside the fitness industry is that like, there's going to be challenges and no matter what you do, no matter what career path you take, all these different things. But you know, like when, when it's, when you're, when you're waking up every day and you're living your purpose, everything's just, it's everything's just part of the job, right? It's a challenge that comes, but it's all worth it in its own way. I know for me, that's been the fitness industry. I'm sure you've had a similar experience, right? I mean, you, you know, again, you've been in the game for a while and you've served a lot of different roles, but Hey baby, you're, you know, you're here, right? You're here leading the charge. Um, so obviously it must've been worth it. It must be worth it. Uh, you know, as far as like your purpose and fitness. Well, I, th I think one thing to reflect back on that, U.S. Army Bostrong competition, it was to bring awareness um, to what was happening with the suicide rates. And again, it was um, it was building awareness and life skills because it wasn't just a physical event. A lot of it was mental as well. And it was a lot of it was about, you know, teamwork and um, just all of the different elements to not only win, but to to be more fulfilled. And um, I think that's what you get if you can correlate in, into the fitness world. Like yesterday, I, I had a moment um, in, our, in our facility yesterday. I, I, I do my average, you know, my, my normal walkthrough every single day. I saw a packed, uh, what we call alpha training class 
Um, it was it was it was such a packed class. They were actually using. We have fourteen platforms, right? Um, and they were all being used for this class. And so you see that group together, and they're tight, right? They're a community, and they're there not just for themselves but for one another. That's that that's their tribe. Then I went, then I started walking by and I see people on treadmills and lifting weights on their own. Then I walk by and I see the GTX class going on. And that's kind of like a, I guess it, for a lack of a comparison, it'd be like an orange theory class, right? They're, they're on treadmills and, and they're also doing strength work in between pack class. And, and, and our coaches are awesome, by the way. Um, but that's a tribe. Then I then I go downstairs and I see a bunch of people playing pickleball together. Okay, pickleball. Okay, I, I remember three or four years ago laughing about pickleball. Pickleballs become their jam. That's their that's their thing that gets them moving, right? And some of those some of those pickleball players actually join the club for fitness. But now they they found their tribe and they found their community. Same thing was happening in cycle. I mean, it was just it was like this is what it's all about. Okay. And I'm glad you found your people, you know? And so I, th I think that's the same, same kind of the same correlation as, as a military, because they are brothers and sisters. And, and when we can create those in, in the fitness environment, it goes a really, really long way because people don't quit relationships. They'll quit memberships, but if they have relationships, they won't quit that. So what's, uh, what's, coming in the future for Jared and even also for like lifetime, I'm very interested, right? You know, I mean, I look at all these major players in the fitness and wellness world that are driving what fitness, wellness, health looks like for the rest of us. Lifetime is one of those major companies, right? You've got even other brands like Nike, right? I just, you know, I just read about them getting into, they've got their, you know, tread clubs and there's, you know, more coming to Austin. They've got like, you know, kind of hit classes. You've got major brands getting in as well. Um, so where's, where are things going? What's, what's coming from lifetime? What's coming for the fitness industry? I think both for the, the trainers and the, let's say the fitness enthusiasts that might be listening to this, what's coming down the pipe. Well, first of all, I think, I think like the Nikes getting involved, it, you know, creates great awareness. Like it, it, obviously, uh, a, a huge leader, um, not in not just in the apparel business, but they've got so much credibility when it comes to sports and fitness. Yeah. So it creates more awareness. Lifetime, you know, um, I, I take a lot of pride in the fact for working for an industry leader like Lifetime. Um, we have a, um, I, I say this in a loving way, a maniacal CEO who always wants to be, um, he, he wants his company to be at the forefront. And so we're running, you know, facilities with eight or nine boutique studios all under one roof. And we're doing it authentically. We're not like, you know, when I hear the term big box gym and those types of things, bullshit. We, we are leaders. Like we can teach studio owners how to run their businesses more successfully. We are all in this together, right? And we respect our performers that teach classes. We don't say, hey, you can't teach at, at that gym or studio anymore. Um, we want you to teach at those, those studios. We want you as a performer and somebody that's passionate about fitness, you know, we want you to be able to make a living and, and do those things even elsewhere. But we want this to be your favorite place to teach and instruct, right? And um, the other thing about Lifetime, it's a, it's a big company. You know, we have 170 um, 
destinations in the U.S. and Canada now. Um, but my goal here, here in Beaverton, Oregon, this is the flagship for Oregon. Um, beautiful 200,000 square foot property. Um, I want us, even though we are part of something big, I want us to feel small uh, because that because that's that's my admiration for the boutique studios and and all of those independent trainers that have become entrepreneurs. Joe, that's how you and I met. Like that, I'm I've never been one to like. Well, I'm going over on this side and and the big boxes are on the other side, right? I'm like BS. Like let we all got to come together if we're going to improve the health and the the lives of uh, of our country and, and our planet. And our mantra here at Lifetime is, um, you know, when when you ask if if you were an employee here at Lifetime, and they ask, well, what do you do? And it doesn't matter what my title is. I help people lead healthier and happier lives. Period. That's what it says on the back of this shirt. That's what I do. And if I go ask somebody who uh, is maybe cleaning in the locker rooms, what do you do? I help people live healthier and happier lives. So that's that's what I'm really proud of. So right now, I think, um, you know, for for me personally, it's just is is spreading, continuing to spread that message, regardless of what I'm doing in the fitness industry. Like I, I, I love working for Lifetime. But I still love talking to, uh, to fitness professionals like yourself and surrounding myself with that community. I know I can lean in on Joe Drake anytime I have a question. I'm going to have you speak to our trainers here in the next 30 days and teach them some lessons so that they can uh, master their craft uh, based on the lessons you've learned. Um, there's just so many relationships built in, in this business, and, and I'm proud of that. Um, so, you know, it's, um, and, and I even talked to Yancey, I said, you know what, we should repurpose some of those podcasts we did, um, because they're still relevant. I don't want them to get lost in history. You know, there's 2024 is around the corner and everybody's talking about resolutions, right? Like, remember that episode we did on this and that, like, <laughs> let's bring that back. And so him and I are, are playing around with a few ideas, um, as well, but it's, uh, it's just, uh, I just, I love this industry that we've been in. Um, I just love the relationships. It doesn't matter that you and I haven't seen each other for a while. You're still my brother, you know, no matter what. I'm always here for you. You've always been here for me. And um, it would we wouldn't know each other if it wasn't for fitness. A lot of relationships and connections built through sweating in the gym, you know, helping people. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate you, brother. Thanks so much for giving us some time on the podcast. Yeah, thank you. It was, it was an honor, and um, I just love what you're doing, man. And I'm gonna keep uh, I'm gonna keep pushing people your way. Boom! I just.